Welcome, welcome again to another rendition of WTF Interviews. My name is Sir Royce Brialis, and I'm with my prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. How's it going, my brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? Ah, man, no complaints over here, man. Doing well. I'm also pleased to announce we have a special guest, uh, Jamal McPherson. How's it going, hey. brother? Uh, it's going well. It's going well. Uh, I complain about a lot of things, but y'all probably don't want to listen to it. So <laughs> oh, yeah. I, just, I just let y'all know it's going well. <laughs> <laughs> good, man. Good. You can complain all you want, man. We're here to listen, man. It's all good. <laughs> nah, it's too many things to complain about, but there also is a lot of things to be blessed about as well. That's and I like fact. to focus on that. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, you know, tell us what you do and uh, you know, how many kids you got and what are their ages? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I am a policy coordinator for a grassroots initiative. Uh, I have three kids. I have a 10-year-older, and I have a 70-year-older, and an 8-year-older. Cool. So you say you're a, a policy coordinator? Yes, a, a, a policy coordinator. And if you ask me what I do, yeah, I was going to say I have absolutely no idea. No, <laughs> all seriousness, though, um, the, the formality of my role is to engage with different legislators uh, to help uh, pass policies in the interests of whatever organization that I'm representing. Uh, I track legislation. Uh, I help uh, draft legislation. Uh, we help with the research portion of it. We prepare uh, civic engagement material to educate our communities about uh, the different processes and systems uh, regarding the systems that govern us. Um, and that's a high level overview of what I do. I'm sure there's so much more that I'm missing out on. Okay, cool. So you kind of like a, a lobbyist? Uh, I like to use the word advocate, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm an informal lobbyist, but I do plan to get into that world. Maybe, I'm not sure, but yeah, to your point, that's what most people would consider a, a lobbyist. Right, I like your, cool. title, your titles on LinkedIn is a social engineer. Would that be a better uh, way of saying uh, I, I, I love, uh, I love that, that saying, yes, I'm a social yeah, engineer. Social engineer, I like that. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> no, no problem. So uh, tell me about your kids, man. So uh, what was your experience? How, how has your experience been so far, uh, you know, being a dad? Oh, my gosh. So it's a roller coaster. Uh, it, it took some time for me to actually, to your point, uh, smell my roses as far as being a dad. None of this was planned. Um, it was... I know for me personally, I didn't say when I was younger, hey, I want kids. I don't think anybody do. And me personally, if I think you do, we, we probably gonna have to take you to the, <laughs> to the psych ward. But I mean, being a, being a father, it's, it has been more rewarding than it has been damning for me because it helps me grow into the person I am today. Uh, I'm only 27, but I've learned so much as being a young father. Uh, they teach me, I teach them. Uh, bless you. <laughs> they teach me. I teach them. And man, it's just been it's been a roller coaster, but it's been an uphill battle for me. What what has your children taught you about yourself? Um, man, that's that's a great question. What have my children taught me about myself that it's it's OK to feel? 
Uh, I know me personally growing up in the environment that I grew up in, uh, we, we didn't have time to feel because we had to survive. And so now that I have children, I got to sit back and actually tend to their needs and be compassionate. And when they first, when I, when they first came, I didn't really understand that. I was just like, all right, this is what needs to happen. This is what needs to be done. But then I sit back, got my son crying. I'm like, no, man up. But in reality, I have to understand that it's okay for him to feel through those emotions. And then the same thing with my daughter. She's a huge daddy girl. Um, and sometimes, I, I mean, I have to admit I do get annoyed, but then I have to understand that she gets older and I have to enjoy this time of her teaching me how to love as I teach her what love is as well. So that's, those are just some of the things that they've taught me. It's, it's, it's so much. It's been, it's been a journey. That's pretty cool. So you have two sons and a daughter? Yeah, two sons and a daughter, yes. Okay, okay. So what, uh, what type of things would you like to instill into them as they get older? Oh, my like God. What type of values? It's, it's so much. I want to I wanna start with, uh, number one, the way the world works. Uh, I know for me, again, I like to use, I'm, I'm a history book. Uh, I'm an advocate, and I like to use how history sort of shaped our lens of the world. I know I, I, I'm from Inglewood. Um, I grew up there for like the first eight to nine years of my life, and then we moved around quite a bit. So I want to teach my kids the importance of stability and how that shapes your long-term trajectory. Uh, I also want to teach them about how money works. Uh, financial literacy is a huge piece that uh, I know the Black community is missing out on. Um, I want to teach them about emotional intelligence, how to feel, um, for feel, control their feelings, and also understand other people's feelings so that they can have healthy relationships uh, and also have healthy relationships with themselves. Uh, right now, we meditate every day. Uh, I'm teaching them, giving those, them those different tools and outlets for when the world beats them down. Um, and each and every day, I'm just letting it, I, I let them know uh, different life lessons that I'm learning along the way. And I just instill and pass those things down each and every day. How long have you been into meditation? Uh, I started, oh God, two 2016. Uh, I've been consistent with it for about three years now, three and a half years now, and it's and it's changed my life. How do you think it's affected your children? Uh, I don't think they understand the importance of it now, uh, but once they get older, I'm sure those little seeds that's being planted right now would materialize, and they're gonna. I know for a fact they're gonna use it. Um, to help calm them and recenter, and especially in difficult situations. That's great, man. Yeah, I, um, I try to get my uh, my nine year old really to really focus on his breath. He gets real mad real quick, so I'm like, man, slow down, count to three, breathe. It's gonna be okay, man. Just relax. <laughs> yeah, no, no, most definitely. And that's those are the techniques that we we need again in our community because I know for me personally, I have a slight case of anxiety, and so I, I just think about this. This is also spiritually. This is what uh, sort of drove me into meditation. But then also, um, again, I have a slight case of anxiety, so it helps me calm me. It calms my mind. It calms my body. 
and I get to a point where I just let the, I'm like water. I flow with these difficult uh, instances in life. Um, I try to stay planted as deep as the ocean floor because I know that we, we can't be unwavered because there's so many different things in life that's going to tug and pull at us. And I try to teach those same things. Not I hate the word try. I teach those same things mm-hmm. to my children. There is no try. Yeah, it's not, yeah. You just do. You do it or you don't. <laughs> Seriously. So can you give an example of a time where, uh, like, a, when you were in a stressful situation and you um, use, like, the techniques of meditation and, and stuff to, to help you? Yeah, let me let me let me think of a time. I think uh, for me, every kind of every day, because again, uh, life throws me curveballs each and every day, and I have to remember to check my emotions. So even if I'm not in a stressful situation, uh, I often, like I said, I have slight cases of anxiety, so I have to check my emotions. Because sometimes my anxiety takes me way left. So I would think a situation is way worse. I mean, it's, yeah, it's way worse than what it actually is. And so I just recenter myself. Uh, I ask myself, uh, has it happened yet? Um, I make sure that I'm still, I'm still present. Um, And then I also, I, I take time to breathe. So I do a four, seven, eight exercise where I breathe in for four seconds, I hold it for seven seconds and then breathe out for eight seconds. And I do that maybe once or twice a day uh, so that I recenter myself and I'm not the, I call it like a, it's a ball of light so that ball of light can stay focused. So to answer your question is, is every day, uh, it's a lifestyle. It's not something that I do when I need it. It's, I, I need it and I have it and I use it each and every day. That's cool, that's dope. Yeah. So can you um can you talk about your relationship with your father? Oh <laughs> uh y'all 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 get into some wounds. So uh, <laughs> but but I'm 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 a pretty open book. And so my the relationship with me and my father, it it was it was rocky to be totally honest with you. And it's still rocky right now, but I'm in a different space in my life, and so I'm more forgiving. Um and I had to forgive him for what I perceived as uh, trauma that was placed on me. Um, so just a little bit of backstory. My father and I got into a quarrel when I was about 16. I was 15 and a half on, and going on 16. And um, we split apart. Uh, I was living with him at the time. Uh, and then it got to a point where I was couch surfing at 16. I had to, uh, I dropped out of school, stopped going to school. Uh, that's another thing about me. Uh, I didn't graduate high school, but I have a graduate's degree, the irony in, in that all. Um, but yeah, and so he and I didn't talk for about like two to three years. And then we recently um, started talking maybe in 2014, 2015. Um, and then we had a pretty good relationship leading up to something that just happened, I think it was last year. I put a status on Facebook uh, and he got offended by the status. And I mean, now we're not talking anymore, but instead of me getting offended because he got offended with me, I 
I mean, I forgive him and I'm leaving the door open for him to come back and we can have conversation like me. Gotcha. What, what was what was the status? Was it so, something about fathers? Uh, yeah. So it was so it, it was like this. I, I and, and forgive me if I'm cursing or whatever it is, but it's, I, I upload. Yeah, I uploaded a status that said. Um, my, my father threw me out to the wolves and I came back leading the pack. And I said that I'm going to make sure that my mother is okay. And I said, make sure that uh, you love your children while they're young and love them throughout their entire life. Mm. And my father felt, felt that I was comparing him and my mother. Um, and from that, it just was a downhill spiral. And it wasn't a, me personally, the way that I was thinking about it, part of me was venting. But then the other side of me wasn't thinking about it as a comparison. And then in reality, it's not a comparison because my mom, that's she's, although her and I have had our fallout, she has always been supportive and has been here every step of the way. Mm. So that's been a difference between my mother and my father. But the love is different though. And that's how I look at it. Okay. So uh, during that time when you were couch surfing, um, was there any other male figures that stepped up that, that helped you during that span or any other role models you can uh, think of? Ah, uh, I was out God. <laughs> That's, that was my role model. That was my, my sanctuary. Um, and not, I'm not, a, I'm not like a, a Bible thump or anything like that. I'm more spiritual. I don't practice or subscribe to a specific religion. Um, but meditation, I, I guess, is my religion. But yeah, I just turn inward and I look to God I didn't really, I don't have a lot of males in my families. Uh, the last male, like the, the last, uh, we would consider him a patriarch. He was just killed. Um, so, I mean, we, my brother and I, we next in line to take on that throne. But to your, to your question, no, nah, I didn't really have anybody to take me under their wing and lead me on this journey. Uh, so in a lot of ways, you are... Uh... Self-made. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't like saying self because it's something out here that's bigger than myself has got me to this point. So how were you introduced to like your spirit? Like, um, I want to say like your, I guess that, that side of you, that spiritual side of you that um, that you live by, you know, the, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think about like the first instance I, I meditated I know I, I know for a fact I think it was in a car uh and I was listening to like nature sound because I've always enjoyed nature although when I was young I didn't go outside much I was more into my books um but I think I just meditated one day I heard about the the effects of it I'm like let me see what this is really about because I feel like folks lying and actually now that I think about it I think I know I, I was meditating because I wanted to levitate that's what it was I like how What would you say um, is the biggest difference between you and your father in relation to, you know, how you interact with your kids? Uh, that's a that's a great question. I think the biggest difference between my father and and 
my parenting style is I have a lot more conversation with my kids. My dad is more of a, he's strategic like myself, but he's strategic without conversation. I'm strategic with conversation. So I talk to my kids through everything. And I know it gets to a point where they get tired of me talking, but that's okay. Uh, because all of these seeds that I'm, I'm, I'm sowing right now is going to help y'all in a, in, a, in the long run. So yeah, the difference is that I, um, yeah, I have more conversation and then I'm not led by my trauma. Uh, I know my dad has been traumatized when he was younger, which is part of the reason why him and I are not talking right now. Uh, but I've sat back, uh, looked at how I could change myself to benefit my children and I lead with that. So I lead with break, breaking generational curses. And I think and believe that he leads with, with generational curses. So did your dad um, have a relationship with his father? Nah, no. that's nah. And, I, and that's how I know that it's a generational curse that needs to be broken. Hmm. What do you tell your children about your father? Uh, I, I speak highly of them, and then I help them. My daughter is extremely smart. Well, all of my kids are extremely smart. Uh, I'm still waiting for my sons to walk in their godly selves. Right now, they just focus on Fortnite. But my daughter, she's reached another level of spirituality that kind of scares me. Uh, but I have conversation with her about uh, her papa is, is what they call her. Uh, they call him and, and I and, and our relationship and the reason why it is the way that it is. But I just let them know what generational curses are. I use myself as an example uh, and, and as a billboard for how I'm breaking generational curses and then also ways that I fell into uh, those same cycles. And so it's just being open and candid with, with my kids so that they don't fall into those cycles. Because what happens a lot, in, and I know for me personally, personally, is that a lot of the stuff that was damaging my childhood, I didn't find out until I was an adult. Like I didn't found out about generational curses and whatever has been going on in the family until I got grown. And then by the time people get grown, it's, you know, uh, they, I forgot the old saying. It's like you can't change uh, lepers or a spot to something like that. I know it's something yeah, like that, but yeah. it's harder to learn new things when you get older. And You're I didn't want to. Yeah, you said in your ways. And I didn't I didn't want to be that person. And so I opened myself up. Pretty cool. Yeah. Now, uh, Jamal, I asked you a question, and uh, you have a very interesting answer. I want to uh, want to read it to you, and I, I kind of want to get you to kind of dive a little deeper into it. I asked you, uh, "What does fatherhood mean to you?" And uh, Jamal, you said, "Fatherhood means a lifelong commitment to growth, evolution, development, and being in a constant state of self-reflection." I like that. Uh, being a father takes humility, patience, and grounding yourself to properly teach your children how to surf the tides of life? It's a big question and not enough time in the day to thoroughly define the term. So uh, they'll be, yeah. yeah. So like I was saying, I, I, I use my, I like to use myself as a poster child and a billboard to understand the things that I'm gonna have to go through as a parent. Now, as a kid, I would consider myself relatively perfect. <laughs> and then when I got grown and started to smell myself, got a little girlfriend I'm like okay things start to get rocky because you start to make your own decisions and um, I understand that that's going to be the same way for my children 
right now, children are extremely impressionable. Uh, and especially when it, when it comes to uh, just trying to teach, well, not trying, teaching your children. Um, so for me, as they grow older, I want to make sure that I'm instilling, instilling the foundations of life and not imposing what I think they should be in life. Again, going back to my spiritual self, I don't think that uh, God put them here for me to tell them what to do. I'm just here as a tour guide to guide them into their, their higher selves so they serve their purpose and their mission here in life. And uh, like I said earlier, I'm teaching them how to ride and, and surf the tides of life because as you all know, being adults, man, we, we, we go through a lot and especially as black men, <clears throat> and so just giving them those tools, uh, those different techniques, meditation, um, financial literacy, understanding how money works so that you aren't working for the dollar, you're not exchanging your precious, valuable time for uh, a piece of paper, but rather you're making that piece of paper work for you. Uh, things are those things that aren't really taught to us as children and if they are, then that's a blessing for some, but I know for me, it, it wasn't taught. So let, let me ask you this. Uh, I just wanted to see what you think about this. So like we, we talked about um, like generational curses and breaking um, generational curses. And I believe that you're born with you have the parents that you're supposed to have and you have the children that you're supposed to have. I agree. So if, if that's true, then like the curses, the things that happened in our family were supposed to happen in order to make us better or for us to overcome those things. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're not necessarily curses, but blessings in disguise. Ah, ah. So what, what do you think about, about that? Well, I, I never looked at it from that perspective. I never looked at it, those as generational blessings <laughs> rather than <laughs> generational curses. I guess that's a new, new way I'm going to coin that term is there's no such thing as generational uh, curses, but generational blessings. So Dr. Dr. Young, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. yeah w w when, when we make some money off that, uh, I definitely <laughs> see you. Betty, I put it on my tab. Okay. But, <laughs> but all seriousness, though, uh, I, I, I agree with that. I, 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 I hate the word try, but I look at situations as uh, especially difficult situations as opportunities um, for me to sit back and as uh, Royce had read out to self-reflect on how the situation can make me better. And so even when I was introduced into fatherhood, I wasn't thinking like, shit, I ain't about to take care of this kid. I'm thinking about, okay, what's next so that I can make sure these kids are okay. Yeah. And most people, I, I had my first kid when I was 17. Most people was like, I'm gone. But me, I'm like, well, okay, now I got to start getting my stuff together. Uh, and that's a generational curse that I fell into. My mother had my, bro my oldest brother when she was 16. Uh, my father had me, I think, when he was 20 and my mother was 18. And so this has been... Uh, cyclical in my entire family. Uh, I, I don't think besides the new generation, no one had a child um, before eight, 
know, after 18, like everybody had their kids uh, at 16 and 17 years old. And so just looking at those things uh, and particularly having a kid young, to your point, that's a generational blessing because I'll probably be out here wilding. And I'm not saying wilding in a bad way, but more so wilding like I ain't going to settle down. Uh, I'm going to be partying all the time. But God had different plans for me and I was able to fall into that generational blessing. Now you've become a social engineer. Yeah, now I'm a social engineer. Absolutely. <laughs> now, how how is that um, working in that role? How has that um, influenced you as a father? Like, how do you, how does how has those skills transferred over to to your household? Uh, that's a that's a great question. So communication, um, it I know that's key with being a social engineer, but also with being a policy coordinator as well is learning how to communicate. Um, to also check in the temperature in the room. And as a father, I have to constantly do that because you got kids bickering all the time. Um, and sometimes I let them work it out, but then other times I have to come in with my communication skills um, and help put things into perspective, especially with the small things they argue about. Like when I know when I was a kid, we used to argue about the door seats. Now this new generation argue about the middle seat. I'm just like, where the hell did this come from? <laughs> but even with those instances and situations, I'm just putting things into perspective and also teaching them how to analyze uh, complex issues on multiple faces. And so when they come home to and, and tell me about a problem that they had at school, I'm like, well, have you looked at it this way? Or have you looked at it that way? And it's the same thing you do in policy. You have to you, you can't look at um, a social ill or a social situation on one face. You have to analyze it from multiple perspectives to give a more informed uh, solution to the problem. And I transfer those same skills over to my household. When you think outside the box, there is no box. Absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 for, it was a, I forgot who quoted this. I think I was listening to a Denzel Washington uh, motivational speech. And someone was taking like an IQ test or something like that. And there were nine dots on the IQ test. And they said, uh, connect all of these dots without picking up uh, the pencil. And most people were trying to connect the dots um, with, without going outside of the box. So they boxed themselves in. But uh, it was other people, the, the, the more intelligent people, so to speak, they decided to go outside the box to connect these nine dots. And so to your point, when you realize that there are no limitations and there is no such thing as a box, you start thinking, and then those creative juices flow. Hey, this, this has been dope, man. What's that? Hall of Fame? We put it in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> I just recently yeah. did a TED Talk as well. You all should check it out. Oh, man. That's really cool. Well, yeah. it, is it on uh, like YouTube? Yeah, I can actually send you all the link as soon as I uh, get off this call. But yeah, I can, and I can also give you a, a brief overview of what the content in my TED Talk was about. And um, so, so just the crux of the TED Talk talked about how, and to your point, it's a it's a generational blessing. So my aunt was murdered. She was like my sister, uh, but she was my, she was my aunt. We were one year apart and she was murdered in uh, Mobile, Alabama. 
while she was attending college out there. She's originally from Chicago. And it was ironic because now I, I had all of these feelings when she was murdered. Like I wanted vengeance. Uh, I hated the world. And I, I went and fell into these deep, dark depressions. I, and I would use marijuana to pull me out of these depressions. And then eventually, at the time I was mentoring, but then eventually I had to take a step back because I had to do some self-reflection to mm-hmm. properly serve the people that I was mentoring. Um, and then I got a phone call from one of my mentors and he told me he had a job for me. And I'm like, okay. And a job, ironically, was working with uh, the population at the highest risk of gun violence involvement. And those would be the people that are formerly incarcerated. And I, I really had to do like a, a temperature check on myself because I had a feeling towards these people. Although I'm from the hood and although I know that this happened in the hood, it has never happened so close to home. Uh-huh. But I knew that if I went into this role with these preconceived notions about who these guys were, I was not going to be of good service to them. So I worked as I worked closely with these guys, I realized that they weren't killers. Like that's not anybody. That's not, that's not anybody's nature to be a killer. You're not, you don't come out the womb with a gun and say, I'm gonna kill somebody. Right. And also learn that from my kids as well is that the very essence of a, a kid's nature is it's like love they are love it's just a ball of love and then as they get older these layers are added they go through life and different things are added and then trauma is formed and then from those conditions that cause the trauma I felt like killed my aunt uh, and I had to learn that and then also created a framework to help me overcome uh, the, the the trauma that was instilled in my heart and in my life and that's what I talked about on my TEDx. Hmm. That's interesting, man. So, like, were you um, were you able to like overcome and then work with the the people that you were? Yeah. So working with them helped me overcome it. Hmm. I don't think I could. I mean, everything that I was doing was more theoretical, and so when I got into practice it was a whole different ball game. Cause it's easy to say, Oh, I forgive somebody. But then when you actually have to be in the same room in the same environment, yeah. it's totally different. So I was able to use that framework that I created, which is the theory. And then also uh, the, the role and I sort of marriaged it to, to help me overcome that trauma that I was experiencing. And, and it, it again, it changed my life. Oh, that's dope, man. Make sure you, um, Send that out. I'm yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, and I'm also I'm reading through your bio, man. Uh, I also see that you were uh, in the Navy. Yeah, I was I was in the military. Uh, fortunately, but unfortunately, <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it, it definitely taught me discipline. No, I can I can tell you that much. Um, if if I didn't get anything out of there, I got discipline and some good folks that uh, I call brothers to this day. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So you got to interesting background man has led you to this point man and uh you know i uh i definitely want to uh you know thank you for your candor and uh you're sharing your story man uh, it's, it's a good story man um the, uh before we go normally we uh ask a question dr young 
what's the question that we asked before we close? Now I can't think of I'm drawing a blank, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you could give any advice to a, it is. It is. to a young dad, what would it be? Hmm. That's a that's a good question. Let me see. If I can give any advice to a young dad. I would say don't stop growing. Uh, hmm. Grow with your children and be open uh, to their their evolution. Because now that my daughter is 10, she keeps saying that she's the preteen and it's driving me crazy. Because uh, <laughs> I'm like, preteen sound too close to teenager and I'm not with that. But I know that I have to um, grow with her. I have, she's no longer my five, six, seven-year-old baby anymore. She's my 10-year-old baby that's about to be 11. And so I can't treat her like that. I got to treat her like she's 10 years old. And a part of that is for me to grow. And a part of that is to allow her to grow, but obviously with some some restrictions. <laughs> so yeah, my, my advice would be grow with your children and be open uh, to new ideas. And then teach, 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 teach your kids or the world will. <laughs> and that's like the last that. thing you want. <laughs> I like that. Um, now, uh, if you had to send people somewhere to, uh, to get in contact with you online, where would you, where would you send them? Yeah, so I'm actually uh, trying to take a, a small hiatus from social media uh, because I get digital depression. Just, just a tad bit. Not that much. I don't let it just waver me too much, but uh, if you were to go to a social media site or for a word to refer you, uh, you can reach me at Facebook, just McPherson Jamal. I'm pretty responsive on there. And then also uh, Instagram, uh, Amadi, A-M-A-D-I underscore A-B-I-O-Y-E. And it means free man and son of royalty. Ooh, I like that. I appreciate it. Yeah, t-shirt, man. <laughs> facts, facts. I already got it. I'm, I'm trying to get it branded. Uh, I'll, I'll send you royalties later, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> yeah, so again, man, this is, uh, it's been one of the great ones, man. Uh, we've been stringing these along uh, lately, man. So uh, definitely glad to add this one to the Hall of Fame as well, man. Yeah, most definitely. Thank y'all for reaching out, and, and I thank y'all for having me, and I look forward to working with y'all in some way in the near future. For sure, man. Uh, did you have anything else, Dr. Young? Nah, uh, I just want to say thank you, man. This has been awesome. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Don't hang up. We're about to have a little post-game, wrap-it-up type of conversation real quick. Uh, okay. But yeah, for everyone listening, thanks for listening. And uh, stay tuned for the announcements. And I'm myself, over at Dallas, Dr. Rodney Young, and Jamal McPherson. Thanks for listening. And stay tuned for the announcement. I said that wrong first time. <laughs> and uh, we're going to wrap it up. Yes, yes. Thank you for listening to WTF Interviews. If you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us via our website, wtfatherhood.org. Uh, also, our Facebook page and our Facebook group will be listed in the description below as well. Uh, I ask you to leave a, a review as it helps more people receive the message. And uh, again, until next time, be well. You already are.